the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andor Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Welcome, everyone. Now, here's the deal. You are now listening to a 100% FDA approved radio program. Now, not like that other FDA, uh, the government one. You know, this FDA is a website we ran across. It's run by some guy named Frederick Donald Anderson, I believe, who, who I think lives in Dayton, Ohio. He reviews obscure radio shows, and he put out a statement that our program does not suck. Yeah, he sort of liked it. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. I think the actual quote we are using on our Facebook page is, the Spud Goodman radio show is at times somewhat entertaining. You know, I am proud of that blurb. It's one of the few things written about this show that, that was not insulting, so I, I may have it inscribed on my gravestone. But anyway, I, I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a guffaw, if you would. Uh, a guffaw? Yeah. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Okay, I can live with that one. Not, not too shabby. I can try again. Can I get a do-over? No, that's not necessary. Now I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead and say how excited you are to be here. You know, your, your normal lame patter, but, but be extremely brief. Yeah, oh. Well, I, I, was, I was expecting your efforts at stifling my contributions at the beginning of the show, as usual, and that is why I've been moved to hire someone to aid me in my job as co-host. Now, what? clearly, what I've been doing has not allowed me uh, you know, a fair opportunity uh, to grow and prosper as a co-host. I would like to introduce my new uh, hype man, Darnell. Uh, you know, he's going to really help me change my career arc. Uh, Darnell, I, I believe you're on hold. Uh, can our engineer, uh, Trevor, put him through? Uh, I don't see any hype man on the schedule. You just well, book your own friends to help you out here. Hey, am I on the air? Um, yeah, I guess you are now. Are you or are you Darnell? I mean, so, so can I ask what a hype man is? I've heard of it before, but I don't, I'm not real sure. What is it? You don't know what a hype man is? Seriously? Seriously. Well, okay. Can someone introduce me? Once again, I'm just sitting here wasting my time, and in my world, an intern is higher on the food chain than a hype man. Game has changed. Yo, 
I was going to get to you, Chancellor. Right? Just, just chill. All right. Uh, so, Darnell, I don't know about this hyping thing, you know, during an actual show, a radio show. It's just not going to work time-wise. Oh, that's, that's nonsense. But I have approval from our executive producer to bring Darnell on. Uh, she thinks he can help me, and which, of course, you know, helps the show. Uh, I am the most popular person on the show. That is confirmed by listener data performed by a real radio consulting business. Mmm. Oh, that is terrific. I don't think anyone else on this program was even mentioned, so how about a formal introduction? Yeah. This happens week after week, Spud. Yeah. It kind of seems like you're threatened by my popularity and openly trying to block me. Oh, sweetie, sweetie, I know you feel there's a concerted effort to minimize your popularity, but maybe this is not the moment to bring that fact up. Yes, yes, you were the only one on the show to receive a positive score from the listeners, but there is a time and a place to crow about it, and this is not it, honey. Fame is not something I sought out. It just found me, I guess. What'd you do? Screw up like the Beatles and say you were bigger than Jesus? Yeah, I don't buy any of that bogus listener research management wastes their money on. It's just it's a bunch of BS. Uh, okay, so before we go any further in the program, I feel my hype man needs an opportunity to properly perform his duties. Uh, Darnell, say some of those things we discussed. Uh, go ahead. The mic is yours. I'm not using the mic right now. I'm on the phone, man. Are you sure you guys are a real radio program? Do you even have a studio? Yes, yes, we do have a radio studio. But newsflash, there is a pandemic still going on, so we're forced to do this show from our homes, man. I mean, do, do I have to send you some pics of us doing the show, you know, when we were in the studio to prove this? Take nah. my word for it. We do have a radio studio. Nah, as long as I get paid, I'm cool with doing this over the phone. So let me start this and then uh, you jump in and tell our listeners a little bit about me. Uh, you know what we talked about on the phone last night? Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Just look at your notes. Damn, I left the notes in my car. Let me go out and get them. Can someone put me on hold? Sure, sure. Trevor, if you're listening, uh, put this guy on hold. You know... I was able to make my mark on this program without the help of outside paid boosters. Kind of reeks of desperation on Gerald's part. Can I ask whose idea this was? If I was you, Gerald, I'll just accept that most people will never like you. You're just too boring, no matter how many hype guys you hire. Uh, well, you have no idea how big an impact Darnell's going to have on my career. I'm not ashamed of utilizing a common practice so successful in that uh, rap music world. All the big rappers have a hype man. Uh, Chance, you're, you're probably not really aware of what's going on in the hip-hop's music scene. Don't go out there with that hat on. As I believe you listen to those uh, indie rock and roll bands, you know, the ones who play songs that no one's ever heard of. Uh, yeah, so do I. You know, the kind of bands we book on this show. We don't book cover bands for sure, you know. We like bands playing songs no one has ever heard of. You know, if you want to hear a live jukebox, go to a Holiday Inn or Casino Bar. All right, well, we don't have time to wait, you know, for, for your guy to come back. So let's just hear some music now, okay? Let's lead off with a band that performed live on our show a few times. In my humble opinion, they are very good. 
Here is Blanco Bronco with a cut off their 2013 record Pronto. It's titled Not So.
My name is Craig Ferguson, and I am on Spud's show. Hey, Spud, I'm being told your first guest, Katie Sackoff, is ready to go on the line. Now, tell me again who she is. Uh, she's like a sci-fi superstar. Uh, she oh. starred in Battlestar Galactica and a bunch of other shows, but now she's appearing on the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian. Uh, I know you've heard of that show, right? The Mandolin? No. Now, so is she a musician? What's with you, Joha? Jeez, Gerald. The Mandalorian is about the hottest show on TV right now. I oh. think you need a pop culture interpreter that just follows you through life as you just have no clue what is going on around you. Well, I've already gave him a few names of people, you know, who would charge a, a reasonable fee, to, you know, to work with them, you know, bring him up to speed so he can actually function this century, you know, uh, when having a conversation with other human beings. Ooh, yeah. Well, I do not need someone to help me know what's popular. You know, Spud, I read People magazine from time to time, mostly at doctor appointments and, and such. So anyway, no need to worry about me. I can handle things. I'm smart. Uh, yeah, but, but have you ever looked at the dates on those peoples? I mean, come uh, on. They're probably from the 90s. You never see a current magazine at a doctor's office, especially with Redbook. I always find them to be like really worn and, I don't know, almost crusty. Uh, they're, I guess they're popular. Anyway, I'm not going to touch them myself, but hey, just, put, just put Katie through. Yeah, here she is. Please welcome actress Katie Sackhoff. Uh, we appreciate you coming on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So, let's discuss your role on the second season of Disney Plus's series, The Mandalorian. I've heard it's kind of a popular show, like scary popular. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, uh, it's the, the top most pirated show of all time now. I think we passed Game of Thrones, so I guess that says something when people are, are really wanting to watch it so much, they're, they're willing to steal it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good sign. Uh, okay, yeah. well... Well, stepping into a series connected to the Star Wars franchise is, is kind of kind of daunting. A, a bit more pressure than doing a, a gig on some network cop or medical series, I'm thinking. For sure. You know, I mean, I think the thing that for me that was the most daunting was the fact that I voiced her in the Clone Wars for so many years. You know, I've been playing Bo-Katan now for, for almost 10 years. And, and I think that to me, being able to take her into live action and, and that you know, uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau trusted me to do that. Um, that is the thing that's that's pretty daunting is to step into to those shoes and having been the person who started them is pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm always fascinated by the security involved with scripts uh, script secrets on TV and movie sets. Was it a black ops deal on The Mandalorian when you had table reads like doing it in a debugged, undisclosed, soundproof room somewhere? Oh my gosh. Well, we don't do table reads, so that's one thing. That keeps secrets very well. But, um, you know, we, we definitely sit down and we talk about the scripts to certain people. But, you know, there are, we sign huge NDAs, right? So it's, uh, we do our best, and Disney does such a beautiful job holding on to a certain amount of spoilers that they know will break a show. Like, you know, season one with Baby Yoda, that was a big one for them. And season two, I'm not going to spoil it, but has one as well. You know that they held on to till the very end. We as actors didn't even know 
that he was in any of the scenes. Um, and we were in the scenes. So they, they are masterful at, at holding on to little bits of story that will blow people away. And it, and it makes you feel like a kid again when you're watching movies for the first time, when you when we didn't have social media and it, it couldn't be ruined for you. Right, right. Say, Spud. What? Don't you think this radio program would be so much more popular if we, too, had a big addition like that uh, Baby Yoda on The Mandalorian? Uh, of course, there would be no need for anyone here to sign any non-disclosure agreement or anything. I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I know I could be trusted with the uh, most important secrets. I, I would never blab about it to the press. Hello? Uh, uh Katie, just a sec. Number one, if we ever did something really cool, you know, to bring on the show as a surprise, with something that would blow the minds of our listeners, well, you know, I would never, ever trust you to keep your mouth shut. You have never been able to keep a secret. He's right, Gerald. It's a good thing we're a low-budget production, because if we ever could have our own big surprise on this show, you would leak it within the hour you were told. You right? just can't keep things to yourself. Remember when I asked you to never tell anyone about my little gambling trip to Reno and losing a, a rather significant amount of money? The next day you mention it on the air here. You just don't get it, that loose lip sink ships. Also, people at the IRS listen to radio programs too. My God, I could have won big and you would have gotten me into serious trouble. Okay, I know. I have apologized many, many times for that lack of discretion. It was a mistake. But huh. you do need to report your winnings to the government, Mrs. Jarvis. I'm just saying. But okay, I can assure you and everyone else on this show, you can trust me to keep confidential information to myself. And also... I am not a security risk to Spud's intellectual property, as he has said over the years. I am trustworthy. Yeah, I don't think so. And that is why you are not given a show schedule or any other information prior to going on the air. You are a confirmed blabbermouth. All right, just let me get back to Katie. Now, now you've done tons of things over the years, but you're kind of a superstar in the sci-fi world as millions of people know you from the long-running series Battlestar Galactica playing Lieutenant Kara Starbuck Thrace. That show had some dedicated fans, huh? Absolutely. I mean, sci-fi fans in general, I have found throughout my career, are incredibly loyal, and there yeah. is such a passion to them. Um, but Battlestar Galactic fans are, are no different than Star Wars fans in the sense that, that they love that show, especially when it's coming from source material um, and it's a remake or it's coming from, you know, uh, comic books or a book or something like that. They really are... Um, passionate about it, um, and so I've, you know, I've had the the joy of of being on a few shows now that that people, uh, you know, including Longmire. Longmire had source material as well, so you know, you're coming in and and you're really, you know, uh, trying to make the fans happy. Right. Well, well, I should say you also later starred in 2019 in the Netflix sci-fi series Another Life. So I guess what I'm getting at when you when you do the sci-fi conventions, do you have a big security detail? I mean, they are intense. Does they do they ever get a bit too enthusiastic? Like when you go out at the mall or say at a Ralph's grocery store shopping, you know, what's it like? 
You don't know. I think that there's there's two reasons. I think one of the reasons is I've played these characters that are so tough and, 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 and angry sometimes that I think people think that I might punch them in the face. So they're a little concerned and they're scared of me. Um, the second one is that, you know, sci-fi fans in general understand that when you go to a sci-fi convention, that when you're there during the day, you're theirs. You're, you are there to entertain them and to talk to them and to meet them and... and, and for myself, I enjoy that. When they see you out at night at a restaurant or, you know, with your friends or your family at night, there is a respect there oh. that is given where they really give you that, that space and that time because they know that that they can see you tomorrow or they know that, that you're there and you're already giving up yourself. So um, they're incredibly gracious and, and respectful. And I've never... There's, I mean, I'm sure there's probably one or two, but I, I have to say, I, I cannot think of a fan right now that has ever crossed the line with me that made me feel violated in person. Wow. That, okay. That, that's that's kind of surprising. Um, it's very. I'm very lucky. Yeah. Well, you're also very active as a voice actor, playing many roles on cool shows like Robot Chicken as Bitch Pudding, um, Star Wars, again, as you mentioned earlier, The Clone Wars, and like the Superhero Squad show. So that would be my dream job for sure. Is this the best gig in Hollywood? Oh my God, it's so much fun. You could literally record it anywhere, you know, and that's the joy of it is that we're, you know, at some point we're going to put, um, you know, a recording studio in our house right here so I can work from home if I need to, because it's, it's, um, it is a great, a great, I love to create story with all different facets of, of my person. And one of them is, is my voice. I love to create characters with my voice and I love to change physical characters with my voice and make them different you know my character on the flash is British and I I did that because I wanted to have fun with her voice and and it the character started there and then the physical aspect of her changed and became different um, um, because of that and so I I adore it I think it's such a great thing and you can show up in your pajamas. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm thinking about. That's yeah, that's my career dream ever. But nobody's ever <laughs> asked. Nobody's ever asked me. But anyway, well, let me close with my required talk show host question. Uh, Katie Sackoff, yeah. what has been your most memorable moment in the entertainment industry? Oh my God! You know, um, there's so many. You know, I've been doing this now since I was 14. So there's so many, but I think that one of the most pivotal moments of my career and one of the most important was, you know, I've never studied. Um, I, 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 the studying that I did was at home playing make-believe by myself, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I, I was lucky enough to start working immediately when I moved to California almost. And um, so I, I wasn't really acting. I was sort of just like faking it, you know. And I remember Eddie almost on the set of Battlestar pulled me aside one day. And he gave me a lecture and he basically said, look, I'm glad that you're a 21 year old kid and you're having fun. And, and but if you would focus, you would be so good. Um, just listen to what the other person is saying. Listen to them and and let's see what happens. And so on the next take, I did what he told me to do. I listened um, and I and I was overcome with emotion, and I realized that was the, one of the first moments in my career where I was actually acting, where I was living as the other person, and 
that was pivotal for me. It changed my career because he gave me that advice. Right. Yeah, we had Edward James almost on on our old TV show. He is a great man. I'll just leave it, let it go with that. But, he uh, is a phenomenal human being, and I am I am blessed to to call him a friend. Yeah. All right, super. Well, I know you got to go, so let me remind everyone that you can be found on season two of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Uh, thanks a bunch for calling into the show. Oh my gosh, absolutely! Thank you for having me. All right, Miss Katie Sackoff. And the truth is, we live in an interdependent world, in an interdependent country. Our greatest asset going forward is that compared to other older, big economies, we are younger, more diverse, racially, ethnically, religiously, in terms of our skills, in terms of our natural resources. There's something for everybody. In the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, hey, Spud. I'm being told that our show's resident psychic, Ted Marr is holding for you. We'll put him through. Get a hold of Trevor and tell him to put him through right now. Okay, yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, our resident psychic, Ted Marr. Thanks for calling in. Well, it's always fun to talk to you, bud. Yeah, so I know I've already run by you a, a bunch of questions about that hell place. You know, we so so many little kids who went to Catholic school were pummeled with it. You know, and I know I was terrified of it there until I busted loose and went to regular school, where you didn't really have so much homework and the tests were a lot easier. Yeah, it was so. Yeah, I was happy when I, when I was you know was my parents let me go back to regular school. Anyway, I wanted to know if you can check to see if there are any signs you can pick up now that Donald Trump will burn in hell when his time comes that's what's been on my mind well um i have to tell you i have a similar background as you do but i didn't go to catholic well i did go to catholic school on the weekends called ctd um and and regarding well this is what happens to everyone once they pass over to the other side they do what's called a life review where you you review every single thing or thought that you ever did on this side as well as from the perspective, not only your perspective, Spud, but also from the perspective of everyone you ever interacted with, including your dogs, your cats, your pets, and people, yeah. and places, and things. And so, um, and then with the help of the Supreme Dean, or God, if you will, um, they'll figure out what you could have done better, or what things you did well. And most importantly, <laughs> because we're all on a spiritual path, uh, what things that you should have, that you can do better next time around. Well... Unless they lower and, the bar so low, though, I mean, like like an ant could crawl over it. I just don't see right. how any other location for that man. I mean, he 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 was only president for around twenty some states. He, he you know he could have cared less about us here in Washington State, ex- except for that maybe that square block, you know, th- what was it three or four square block area in Seattle a while back? That was like Hanoi in the '60s to him. He has to be screwed, right? right? I mean, he, do you do you know where he's headed? Well, I can tell you this: that he and everybody. Um, does what's called this life review, and um, you'll know the full truth um, once once you pass over to the other side. It's called the universal mind. A good psychic can tie into that universal mind, and I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes with his presidency that people aren't told for one reason or another. And I think when the when the truth comes out, 
um, it's it's going to be better than people think. But I, I have to reserve judgment until that's the creator's judgment call, not mine. So yeah. We'll, well, if if Trump doesn't spend eternity in hell, then then don't you think that sends a terrible signal to the rest of humanity that 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 you can in fact just just grab a woman by the genitals? That's been stated on tape, or or you can also just be a major dick to everyone, maybe not named Ivanka. There has to be a price people pay when they do bad stuff, isn't? I mean, you don't you don't get a free pass for life, do you? No, you don't get a free pass for life, but let me tell you this. Um, and I thought about this actually for a long time. Um, negative entities, well, the planet Mother Earth is, is ascending into the fifth dimension. And negative entities, there's a split going on between positive entities and negative entities. Negative entities are going to another Earth-like planet on the other side of this solar system. That's a, it's a third-dimensional planet, and they will be there for one mind cocoon cycle. And one Mayan cocoon cycle is about um, 50, what is it? It's 51,800 years. That's the amount of time. Yes. No, no, 25,000, sorry, 25,800 years. That's the amount of time it takes for this solar system to go around the central sun of the Milky Way. And um, uh, a lot of negative entities are going to that planet where they will work out their karma for, um, for all those years. And if they don't get it right again, then they'll have to be there again to work out their karma. Wow. Um, the, and so, but positive entities, people who do want to ascend, do good things, they will go with planet Earth. And at the end of their life here on this planet, they'll have a choice. They can either go back to their star family, or they can come back to planet Earth, but it'll be in the fifth dimension. And today, I'm actually in Mount Shasta, which is now in the fourth dimension, and it's starting to shift into the higher dimensions. So... It's um, it's kind of lost place me to there. That's over my head, Ted. What you just said. Okay, sounds I'm, interesting. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Okay, yes. Well, l let me say this: if he isn't sentenced to his rightful place, and I don't know what dimension that is, I I, I can see like mini Trumps around the world popping up, kind of like that Bolsonaro dude in Brazil right now. I don't have a child, a kid, but think how a parent would feel if their child one day grew up to be a Trump wannabe. That would be hashtag sad. I, I there has to be. I hope there's some sort of uh, consequence. For being a jerk. That's just my hope. Well, Maybe I'm naive. Well, perhaps um, he's, he is a strong character, but perhaps dealing with the negative issues that he has been dealing, you need you needed a strong character. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that that um, um, the people are chameleons of their time, and he's a product of the business world where you had to be tough in order to be successful. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that's the way he but is. But was he know? successful? Five bankruptcies? I don't know. Spud. Yes? Well, if I may, I strongly disagree with your statement about a parent feel fearing their son would grow up to emulate Donald Trump. You know, it would make me so happy if our youngest, Dwight, one day followed in his historic footsteps. Seriously? Well, yeah, and really, he's our only child who's somewhat open to this possibility. Uh, you know, Dwight is not a big Trump supporter, but he does not say the negative things about him my other children do. I gotta say, it's very unsettling to my wife and I what they say about this great man. Hey, Ted, just, just a second. Okay. You will rue the day anyone in your family ever became a mini-me Trump. No. For one thing, you would have to like really lawyer up, as you know you're gonna have you're gonna get sued. That's the bottom line. One day down the road, really bad. No, not. We're gonna my... take everything. 
No, he none would, of my children seriously, would sue he would, me. I'm their father. Dwight would sue you. Trust me. Trust me. He would. You know, like a certain president who screwed over his whole family by getting his senile father to sign over everything to him. That happened. Yeah, if you read the papers, you'd uh, know it. Uh, listen, that would never happen to me. I'm sure it was just business with Donald Trump and his father. You know, nothing personal. Right. Just let me return to Ted. Okay, I'm back. So, okay. Well, let me let's let me ask one last question. Do you actually think there's a chance that like Trump actually wants to end up in hell or a place like that? Can you read his mind right now to see if he is looking forward to being down there? I mean, if so, then like the you know the dead people in hell need to mobilize and make sure that he just hangs out in in purgatory forever because that's in between and that would like totally annoy him and it would be a win-win for everyone involved except for him. But what do you think? Well, the message. The message I got now is the jury is still out on that issue. And um, the truth, this is a time of truth. Um, I, I, was, I, had a, I had a wonderful astrologist named Susan Miller on my radio show um, back in t- April of 2014. And she said, Spud, that this time, all the way through 2030 and beyond, would be, would be a time of truth. That things that are true will become evident as true, and those that are false will become evident as being false and fall by the wayside. So I think the jury's still out, but all of these answers, all of these questions should be answered within the next six to eight months. God, I hope you're right. I'm going to quote you on yeah, that, I Ted. I'm quoting you. <laughs> all right. Well, I know you got to get going, so let me uh, let me just say thank you so very much for checking in with us again. Oh, it's always fun to talk to you, but thanks so much, my friend. All right. Our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, I don't know what happened to Darnell. He said he had to go to his car to get his hype notes about me, but it's been quite a while. I I hope nothing happened to him. Anyway, he was going to extol my skills as a co-host, and soon, uh, with enough hyping, who knows what will happen. As everyone who's listened to the show knows quite well, I have hopes and dreams of one day having my own show. Uh, But I've learned that being the silent one, the good soldier in the background, only ensures one's anonymity. I just want my moment in the sun, too. Is that too much to ask? Have you ever dated a playmate? I refuse to answer. Yeah, it is. If you step into the spotlight, you will find the response to be very unkind. And right now, you can get by on this show with subpar skills and no personality. Oh, I have a sparkling personality, Spud. Uh, You know, I've been told by my wife that it was the one factor that convinced her to say yes when I proposed. Uh, She feels I'm extremely witty. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. Witty, I feel, is open for discussion, Gerald. 
but I'll let it go for your sake. I just hope that you're not going to embarrass yourself with this thing you are trying out. Well, be, being endorsed by Darnell on the show will not be embarrassing for me, Mrs. Jarvis. I don't know if you're aware of his background. He was recommended by a friend of mine, uh, my next-door neighbor, actually. Uh, I was told he's a real mover and shaker with those rappers. And I, I don't know if he himself can rap, but I bet he could if he wanted to. Hey, 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 you shut your face! I hope you didn't pay him in advance. It looks like he punked you. Well, I think he must have gotten sidetracked. Uh, someone must have called him for advice on their career. You know, I understand he does a lot of consulting. If being successful in the radio business was as simple as hiring someone to brag about you, don't you think all those lame-ass morning DJs across the country in drive time would be doing this right now? Oh, he's right, Gerald. Nothing against Darnell. He sounded like a nice young man, but no hype guy is going to help your career. Okay. Well, one of the things that he told me when I sent him my initial payment was he said, no one will believe that you're great unless someone tells the world it is so. And that is what he'll be doing for me, telling the world that though I may have been overlooked and ignored in the past, but I should no longer remain quiet about this injustice. I am Gerald freaking Holcomb, and I'm going to get mine. You know what I'm saying? That's so hot. My, this newfound bravado is stunning. It, it won't make one bit of difference in your career, but it is fascinating to me. Hey, wait, Trevor just texted me to say Darnell is back and wants to be put on the air. Oh, okay, that's great news. I knew he would not desert me. All right, just put him back on. Do I have to sit here on the phone and listen to some guy brag about Gerald? Sorry about that, G. I had to help a friend jump his car. He left a dome light on last night. Idiot. Oh, well, that's very nice of you, Darnell. Okay, so do you have uh, your hyping material ready to go, uh, Spud? Can you set aside, say, oh, like uh, five minutes now so he can do his job? Five minutes? No way. We're, we're already running behind schedule, you know? Maybe, maybe he can do his thing later on in the program. All right. I'm cool with that. Oh, oh, well, how, how about giving him two minutes right now? You know, he might be able to get in most of his points of emphasis if he talks fast. You know, about my talents. Uh, sorry, no can do. Okay, Google. Okay, Google is smarter than any humans or even the guy who invented the internet, Al Gore. Yes, being too smart can sometimes make people seem like a big bore. But an app never makes you feel so inadequate that you despise yourself to your core. I prefer software over smarty pants. Much more. Asking a real person a question is often such a chore. Okay, Google is never wrong, except when I occasionally stutter. You deserve to know this. We must not be afraid to define our enemy. It is the Spider-Man Show. You know who you are! Super. And we're coming to get you! Uh, uh, uh. Ah! Uh.
uh, Spud, your next guest, Tommy Davidson, is on the line. All right. You know, we go way back with Tommy. He, he was on our old Fox Cable show in, like, I think, 97. Uh, he's been on the radio show over the last couple of years. You know, he's just a very cool dude. Now that you mention it, I do remember him being on the radio show. He is very funny. Oh, I used to love him on li- In Living Color. And I read he has a new book out. Yep, and that's what he wants to talk about. It's a it's a memoir, and that's one of those things on my to do list. Uh, I mentioned that before. Uh, I'm just waiting, you know, to experience enough interesting stuff uh, to fill up a book. Because uh, a decent book has to have like more than two or three chapters. That's that's what I've been told. I've done some research into this, and uh, yeah, uh, I would just have to like practice writing before I do it, though. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. Oh, you better find a ghostwriter, as I don't think you would get very far sitting in front of a computer, Spud. You can't st- sit still long enough to write a paragraph. I would just have to, like, up my Ritalin dosage a bit, you know, whenever I actually sit down to do it. But a- anyway, just, just put Tommy through. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Actor, comedian, and author Tommy Davidson, we appreciate you checking in with us. You added Arthur. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so your memoir titled "Living in Color: What's Funny About Me" is now out in paperback, which I usually go for as it's cheaper, right? So, uh, and people can find it at Target, right, Walmart. Exactly. That's right, or or wherever right. books are sold. Can Can I ask if you're legally old enough to put out a memoir? You still look so young. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm fifty six. I'm fifty seven, so that makes me one hundred and ten in white man age. So I'm young and old. Okay, all right. That's for the record. All right. Well, well, Tommy. Yeah, your life story reads like a movie script, except it was not a movie. It was real. Uh, starting at the beginning, your life took a momentous turn at what eighteen months old? Can you share just a little bit of, of what is an amazing story? Yeah, I was actually abandoned in the trash as an infant. I was 18 months old when I was found. And I was not alive. Well, I was alive, but coma, contusions in my skull, starved, and was discovered there by a white woman from Fort Collins, Colorado, randomly, and took me in and raised me with her family, which is my family, proudly. You know, right. And from there, moved to Washington D.C. and found out I was black, and that's when the hijinks begin. You know, that was that was not a uh, a party. That was hard. Yeah. And it was the black kids that made me discover it because they were the ones who kicked my ass first. We moved to Washington D.C. during the riots after Martin Luther King was killed. Mm-hmm. So hate was in the air, just like it's been this year earlier this year. Yes, yes. Sir. And they were calling my brother and sister White Cracker and calling me White Cracker Lover. I went to my mother. I was like, why are they calling me White Cracker Lover? I like graham crackers. She probably explained to me that's what people your color call people are color when they don't like them. So, well, what color am I? And she said, you're black. I said, no, I'm brown, like the crayon. No, you're not. And we moved to the suburbs. First time I heard the word, the N-word. And it was hard because grown white men were chasing me home. I'd be riding my bike and a big truck would pull up and I'd have to run it, throwing stuff through our windows, you know, calling my whole family and lovers. 
so I went to my mom and I said, we got to stay away from these inns because they're bad people, man. She said, well, that's what people, our color, call people your color. Well, what color are you? She said, we're white. I said, no, you're peach, like the crayon. It was all just crazy confusing. Wow. That's the day my heart was broken. You know, but I've been on the mend, you know? That's what this book is all about. It's about the healing that came to me and the heart I have to pass on from my family. You know, my family legacy is love. Mm-hmm. You know, love of all. all right. And I'm part of the human family. Right. And they taught me that. So this this actually belongs under the tree because that's what I would look forward to was a gift every year. And I would always get one thing that I wanted and one thing that I needed. You know, the one thing I want for this world is for us to to be able to <clears throat> to be able to live in harmony. You know? Yes. And the, and the one thing I need is a way to put that message out there. So that's my gift. You get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'm, I'm anxious to read the book. I can say that for sure. Uh, well, let, let me Thank ask you. Thank l- you so let much. me ask you about the mm-hmm. the groundbreaking TV show you were a part of. How did the process at, at In Living Color depart, maybe from the formula that Saturday Night Live used, cranking out a weekly sketch comedy show over the many years? Did did Keenan do it a different way than Lauren Michaels? Yeah, I, I think he just shortened it. You know, that's an hour. He shortened it to a half an hour. And the main thing he did was, you know, he casted whoever was funny, you know, and he casted black people. Yeah, you know? that's a big difference. And that was just really cool. It was a mixed cast. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, there was just one or two black people. It was like, you know, whoever was funny and made it got the show. You know what I mean? And so, and it was coming from also a black standpoint as well. But the black standpoint isn't that different from a white standpoint. See, that's the book, Living in Color. What's so black and white? The only thing black and white, the only thing black and white about Andy Griffith is black and white. But you, all the black people love Opie. All of them love Andy. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like, finally, it's in living color. We're living in color the way our country really looks. Go to Easter Island in the late 1800s, you know, you're not going to see, like, you know, just white people, you know? You're going to see some people that turned into white people, but then they were Polish, Italian, Jewish. You see what I mean? Yeah. So we're, we're actually in a trajectory where we finally are where we are, which is a good thing. But the- anybody that tells us that that's a bad thing, that they're, they're actually green, Right, because pro- green was the only thing that came in and made things kind of uncomfortable, if you ask me. Well, the process it seems to me is uh, it's ongoing because some people are having to be drug along, kicking and screaming to accepting reality. But yeah, I totally hear you. Um, yeah, yeah, kicking and screaming. Yes. Um, you know, kicking and screaming or dying. You know, remember Civil War? You know. Yeah. I very much that yeah, that that, we can uh, go on per- and on. that period of time is very much on my mind right now, and I'm sure others, of course. It's very yeah. Let's, yeah, I'll, I'll let that go for now. But, but what would we do without having it? What would happen if we didn't have it as a reference? Oh yeah, correct, See? correct. Because history does repeat yeah, we itself. We have to experience that to be able to get through that experience. Yes, you know, and this is the same thing as as where we are in, in this COVID area. We have to experience this and get through it. To be able to get, 
we have to experience it in order to get through it. So we had that era of what happened just now with the race and the riots and all the stuff that happened. Now it's back to up to us to put ourselves together and keep walking forward. You know, I'm glad to be a part of the 2021 movement of progression in this country. And my contribution is the book. And the cool thing I like about it the most is that it really happened. Yeah. Yeah. It really happened. You know, I really did get love. You know, I, my mother really gave love. You know, we really were in a in an in a integrated neighborhood. We really were bused to other schools with white students. We really were, we really did see all those things and experience all those things like rock and roll and hip hop and folk festivals, you know, from sweet Alabama to, 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 to Kansas, to Earth, Wind and Fire, to Drake now, you know? It happened and it's real. Yeah, I guess you would be an excellent spokesperson for multiculturalism. Uh, you you lived it, so yeah. Yeah, I would be. I would. I would be that person. Yes, you would. You know. All right, man. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I'm getting word. I know you got to go. So let me let me just say again that your book, uh, Living in Color: What's Funny About Me, is now out in paperback. Uh, Hey, man, just thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our program. Thank you for having me, man. And thanks for supporting the book. You know, it, it came out of the pandemic and it didn't get a lot of exposure. And I was really kind of like really upset about that a little bit. But now, like always, don't be too upset about things. If you naturally let them happen, things will come around. And it's at the perfect time now. Yeah, there you go. All right, Mr. Tommy Davidson. You know, I was thinking about this hyping thing. If I ever hired anyone to help me out in my career, I think it would be someone like that scary wrinkles, the clown guy. Now he gets your attention. He must be like around 70 or so, I don't know. But, but with that spooky mask he wears all the time, he is a very, very creepy dude. This in our pants yet? You want to hire a clown to hype you? Spud, I don't think you're aware of the history of hype men and the cultural connection to the hip-hop's music scene. Now, I'm not so sure a clown could pull it off. Gerald, Wrinkles the Clown is a guy parents hired to scare their kids straight. Check out the documentary on Hulu about him. Now, I personally have a problem with parents trying to intimidate their kids into behaving. It's borderline torture, you know. But he just might be a great hype man. Who knows? I saw that documentary about Wrinkles. He is pretty cool. And I'm glad my parents never hired him to keep me in line when I was a little kid. He is frightening. Yeah. <clears throat> What do you mean when you were a little kid? When? Uh, you know, and from what I've heard, you never do your chores around your parents' house now. So your mom should hire him immediately. As I can sense, clowns are your kryptonite. Yeah. And Dorothy, you should get, you know, the contact info on Wrinkles. I think if, no. if you pay enough, yeah, I heard, I, I don't know, that he'll go almost anywhere. 
I don't know where he's actually uh-uh. placed out of. He, he would be a handy tool to have ready, you know, after you get married. If Chance turns out to be a deadbeat husband around the house, you know, never cleans up after himself, doesn't help with housework, and just plays video games 24-7. I can assure you, Dorothy, I will not make a mess around the house. And if you need me to do something like vacuum or fold the laundry, I think I could deal with it. Hell no, you can't! I know you'll make an effort to help out, but we can have the discussion of household responsibilities at a later date after the wedding, not on this radio show. Uh, so, Darnell, are, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay, are you ready to do a bit more hyping for me? Uh, you know, I think it would be great if we could do the routine we worked on now. I have it here right now. You mean where I say how smart and funny you are? You really want me to say that corny stuff that you wrote down? That is messed up, yo. Well, I could start this off, and then you could just jump in as I start I, I to- think I've heard more than enough hyping about you. I cannot stomach any more of it. Am I the only one who might puke if they hear more of this crap? Well, I'm with you, Spud. I've heard enough myself, too. Gerald, just dial this down and call it a day. Maybe one day someone will say something nice about you, Gerald, without having to pay them. But until then, I'd accept your place on the show and not continue to appear so desperate. It is sad. Well, you know, for once we agree on something, Chance. Uh, you, you guys, I can sense and, and totally get the professional envy and, and, yes, jealousy of my plan to achieve stardom. Real stardom where I will have an opportunity to maybe affect our society. You know, be someone who can be a difference maker and change the world. Courtney, Chloe. Hey. You guys can keep talking. It sounds like I'm not needed here. Am I good to hang up now? No offense to you people. You seem nice enough, but I have things to do. Well, hey, we have like another 60 seconds or so to kill before I sign off, but I, yeah, I mean, sure, you can go if you want right now. No worries. Yes, Darnell, I'm sorry. I forgot you were still on the line with us. Uh, well, could you at least say something snappy about me before you go? Uh, you don't have to read word from word from what we came up with, but, uh, you know, save that material for another time and place. It's good stuff. I'm kind of hyped out now, G. I owe you, so next time for sure, we will do this. I'm out of here. Oh, but D- Darnell, are you, are you there? J- just say just say something quick, like maybe uh, how handsome I am. Oh, uh, you know, that's a quality of mine a lot of people who listen to the radio show are not aware of. You know, give them that 411 thing. I said, your hair looks stupid. He hung up. Oh. Uh, yeah, now I need to close the show, so zip it. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. Uh, God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, T.J. Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
Hey, are you, are you still on the line, Gerald? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I am. What do you need, Spud? I have to ask you, you know, what you thought about those Trumpaholics storming the Capitol. Did, did you even feel a bit of guilt or remorse for supporting that Saddam Hussein wannabe? Well, why would I feel guilty or remorseful for my support of Donald Trump? Uh, listen, he, he may not be perfect, but he was an amazing president. I mean, he made America great again. And the people storming the Capitol were those Antifas who were paid by George Soros. Everybody knows this. Seriously? Seriously. Hey, you say you're not a hardcore QAnon follower. I mean, you don't think, uh, as a Democrat, you don't think that I'm like a, a cannibal or, or drink the blood of babies, right? No, no, I don't believe so. Well, thank you for that. But just the fact that you, you, you buy even a tiny bit of the MAGA BS, it kind of makes you a co-defendant when the roll is called. Your whole Trump cult has, has a Manson kind of vibe. It's, it's, I don't know, it just gives me the willies. Who are the Mansons? Are they, are they a rock band? It's not important. Okay, you do have to admit that Trump stoked up his people in D.C. that day and did everything but give them the keys to the House of the People. He, he basically said, just just head on in. No one will care. Make yourselves comfortable. And, oh, if if they're working on something, they, they won't mind you interrupting things. I mean, I mean, they are government employees. I'm sure that's kind of what he implied. He even said he would walk with them, but, but, but it turned out to be one of those psych deals you know i love the poorly educated they, they should have known that he never walks anywhere even on the golf course well they, they were not happy because their president was cheated in the election i read that even a dead goldfish voted for biden and i think it was california well if you want to give him a pass then his kids, Uday and Kuse, were almost as guilty as they jacked the crowd up, too. Then Giuliani jumps in and, and tells those fools to consider trial by combat. Man, that, that was like audio catnip to a lot of them. Truth isn't truth. Well, I will tell you, I'm beginning to accept that Donald Trump will no longer be our president. This country will survive four years of Joe Biden. Then, of course, Josh Hawley will be ready to step up as our next commander in chief. He is a man of the people, Spud. Really? I don't have the time or energy to continue this conversation. But hey, can, oh, yeah. can you tell your, tell your kid, your youngest, I think, wasn't it? I'm not interested in buying any more magazine subscriptions this year. I, I know he has another school fundraiser going on, and I got your email. I just can't believe that they're doing those things during this remote learning thing going on, you know? You'd think with a pandemic, uh, they'd give parents a break from, you know, having to bug their friends to buy stuff for their kids. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Oh, well, I'll tell him, you know, he's going to be disappointed. Maybe I should ask your Aunt Dorothy. I'll call her back right now and check. Yeah, you do that. I got to go later. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Goodbye. Hey, hey, Dwight. Come here and uh, bring your school magazine catalog. I may have found a customer. Uh, let me dial her up here. It's not a question of who wins, Republican, Democrat, Joe, myself. We can't let that happen to our country. We can't be disgraced by having something like this happen.